not let me talk after that, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Because well, you know I got a comeback. And, I and, and um, I think there's a lot of people, and I want to say a lot of people, but there's a, more than enough people that try to get into my nephew's league. That's one of the reasons why you weren't able to get into this year. Now, there's always some amount of turnover, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure there probably will, and I'm always keep you in mind that if you want to join that league, I let him know, and then he's the commissioner, um, and it's up to him who's, who comes into the league, and uh, it is it is what it is. I, I'll just leave it at that. You know, he's not like he's just trying to keep you out of the league. Trust me. Trust me. He wants uh-huh. people to be active and, 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 and to be able to enjoy that league and, and uh, um, um, play it well. Let me put it that way. So you're always in, you're always in the mind. Trust me. Well, I appreciate that because some competition needs to be had in that league since nobody else can provide it. But we're talking about competition between Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm. They, really? uh Yes, because Dana White has already signed the rematch for the two. It's an immediate really? rematch. Um, so somewhere down the road, anywhere between three to six months, the two will square off again. Um, home defending the title, Rousey coming in as the challenger. And if it, if all indications and media reports are correct, Floyd Mayweather has offered his services to Ronda Rousey boxing-wise. Yes, mm-hmm. And uh, that's an interesting, interesting topic that I'd like to talk about. Uh, if not, then, you know, so on and so forth. We'll We'll see what happens uh, between uh, Rhonda and home and, uh, maybe just maybe Rhonda gets some more boxing skills and, uh, can effectively, uh, take on home. We'll see what happens. I know Jerry was a big Rhonda Rousey fan. I don't know if he's going to switch sides like he did with his no. and, uh, Houston. No. But, don't, don't even go there. Don't right. even go there. And, and, and let me put it this way. If you've been a fan as long as I have, and I've pumped up my team before I switched allegiances um, and seen the uh, dysfunction that caused me to uh, change allegiances to the, to the Texans, and not because I was a front runner and the Texans were doing well, but quite naturally, uh, the year after they I were. jumped on, they were they were two and fourteen. Uh, the year I, I jumped on, I think they were ten and six, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around. There. Jerry curse. Um, it's the Jerry curse. But. Uh, they've made a resurgence back to uh, respectability. Uh, last year, when they were nine and seven, and this year, when they're, they're still uh, um, in contention to win that division, uh, and uh, one of the hottest teams in, in the NFL right now, uh, and I can say that with all confidence because they are. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, they're going to go into Buffalo, which is not easy. And uh, uh, Indianapolis is playing Pittsburgh. So after this weekend, you could be looking at or talking to one of the fans of the AFC South leading Texans. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying. Well, you know what? Just for you, we're going to start with the Houston Texans versus the Buffalo Bills. Uh, to start. But that's, a, that's what we're going to do today. Um, so let's break this stuff down. Buffalo heads. Mm-hmm. 
when they host Houston this week. Uh, Tyrod Taylor looked pretty good uh, last week, even though there still seems to be some, you know, issues with the Buffalo Bills secondary. Um, Their run game seemingly is non-existent. I'm not too sure what's going on, especially when you have Shady McCoy, you have uh, Carlos Williams, and a few other folks in the backfield. Uh, I understand you have a mobile quarterback, but that doesn't mean you have to go to the shotgun or the spread offense consistently. Now, it works out for Shady because that's his style of running. He can slap that or he can go uh, power on you. Um, But they bring in Booby Dixon as Shady's backup. So uh, I don't know about that. On the defensive side of the ball, the secondary of Buffalo uh, seemingly has forgotten how to play defense since Jarius Bird went to New Orleans. Um, I, I really don't understand how uh, a Rex Ryan's defense can be so poor on the back end. Um, there are injuries, but still, there. I'm not following that. But on the same token, you look at the Houston Texans without Arian Foster, herky jerky quarterback situation. Um, you know, Alfred Blue is more is nothing more than a spot filling uh, type running back. So even Alfred next Blue, year, that's what Blue. I said. That's what I said. Alfred Blue. That's what I said. You, you uh, said Alfred Morris. No, I said Alfred Blue. Okay. I didn't say Alfred Morris. I know where Alfred Morris is. He's, he's my skins. But the point is that even with Arian Foster being 31, I believe, coming up, or he is 31 already, come on, and he's injury prone, he will come, on. come back next year come on. as the four-way stop. Uh, Mr. Taylor. I'm sorry. No man. road rage. No <laughs> road rage. Okay. This is why I'm Jerry sorry. will be losing in all his playoffs games. He cannot focus. But anyway, um, Alfred I can Blue. Very well. I, I don't know. You're yelling at the drivers and stuff. But Alfred Blue is nothing more than a spot start because I believe that Arian Foster next year, even though you know he's injury prone and stuff like that will be the starting running back in Houston yet again. And most likely, most likely they'll probably draft a back to come in and prep eventually. I don't know if he's on his contract year or not. That would be your team, JT. But uh, that's what I see happening with uh, Arian Foster. Now, current, current status, Houston also needs to find a number two wide receiver. Uh, Hopkins is nice, uh, but Cecil Shorts, not the answer. Um, Nate Washington, not the answer. Now, the defense, the defense is pretty good, even when they're missing a lot of key players in their secondary. Because up front, you still got J.J. Watt. You still got Vince Wolford. You still have, um, well, when he plays, Clowney. Clowney. That's what I was, Clowney. That's what I was about to say. That's okay. what I was going to say. When he plays, um, Brian Cushing's kind of old and up there, and he's also injury prone, so you might want to get a new inside linebacker. 
Um, Jonathan Joseph also getting up there in age, no longer a a stellar DB, but Romeo Cornell can work with that defense. And this is a must-win game for both teams. Buffalo needs this win to stay in the hunt. Houston needs this win just in case Pittsburgh defeats Indianapolis. And by the way, that game is in Pittsburgh in bad weather. So we'll talk about that as well. Um, So, JT, I'm going to tell you what I think uh, is going to happen in this game. I honestly think that uh, Buffalo is going to stymie the Houston Texans in Buffalo because there is no run game in Houston. In bad weather in Buffalo, you need some type of running game. They do not have it, one that is consistent. Therefore, uh, I believe Buffalo wins this game fantasy-wise. I see Shady having a pretty good game. I don't think he's going to rush for over 100 yards. I don't think he's going to rush for 100 yards. However, I do believe that J.J. Watt is going to be running down Tyrod Taylor a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of design quarterback keepers. Because um, if you look at it, Hogan, Watkins, and whoever else is at wide receiver for um, – I-, I was going to say Reed, but I'm thinking about the old school Buffalo Bills. But um, you have a Woods, bunch Robert of – Woods. Woods, thank you very much. Woods is not consistent enough. Um, now, a person that has disappeared, and I, I don't understand why, is Charles Clay. This actually would be an excellent game for Charles Clay to um, have a resurgence if they decide to feature him uh, because Houston can't cover the tight end. They can't. Uh, it's it's a big, big opportunity for Tyrod Taylor and the Buffalo Bills to expose their linebackers of, of uh, Houston and let Charles Clay have a good game. Um, that would be a sleeper pick for me. On the opposite side, yes, I do believe that uh, Hopkins is going to do well. How well, I'm not sure, but not well enough for them to win. Nate uh, has had the most targets. Nate Washington has had the most targets out of all of the receivers. But at the same time, he hasn't produced in the last, what, three weeks? So I would not bank on Nate Washington at all. Um, Again, I don't see any upside offensively, fantasy-wise, for Houston. Hoyer in Buffalo, okay, got it. He played with the uh, Patriots, but he practiced with them. He didn't play in those type of conditions. So, you know, I'm picking Buffalo. What do you got? Well, quite naturally, I'm going to pick the Texans. And the Texans the last four or five games – Homer. No, no, because I think they're the absolute, absolutely better team, and I'm going to have to um, disagree with you about Brian Hoyer. Last four or five games, at least, he's been averaging 250 yards and a couple of touchdown passes. I think he does that against this uh, suspect to a Rex Ryan defense. If you've been watching for the last two or three years, uh, especially with um, what happened in New York, and it transcended over it to uh, Buffalo, so. Um, one year is a maybe anomaly, but uh, if you have history with uh, two or three years, then that's a trend, 
and the trend is Rex Ryan's backside of the defense is uh, always suspect. Uh, top the front seven are strong. The backside uh, is suspect. So I'm thinking Brian Hoyer. Yes, he may have to uh, pass the uh, football much, that much more, but because of the injury to Adrian, uh, excuse me, to um, Arian Foster, they've had to transition to more of a pass offense, even though they would like to run the ball more. Alfred Blue, true, he's a matchup-based play, absolutely. But I think they're going to try to run the football against Buffalo um, to set up the play-action pass, and quite naturally, I think that uh, the um, Houston Texans are going to stymie the Buffalo, who's uh, uh, the defense of Houston has allowed the opposing offense over, I think it's the last four or five games, it could be longer, an average of 11 points a game, whether it's on the road or on uh, Houston's home field. So Buffalo's not a juggernaut in offense. Uh, they struggle to make points, and I think Shady's going to have a, a tough day in the run department. Uh, they're going to have to throw the football, and that leaves it in Tyrod Taylor's hands. And I'm definitely calling for the Houston Texans to win this. Maybe a close game because both defenses can can uh, make it difficult for uh, the opposing offenses. But I think Houston has the better talent and uh, will prevail at the end of uh, end of the game. All right, that's a homer's perspective of it. But hey, it that's, is what it that's, is. That, that's facts. That's okay. facts. You look at the okay. facts. I honestly don't think Houston has a better offensive set of players than Buffalo. That's not a fact. That's an opinion. But it is what it is. Opinion. You know. My opinion. Uh, Yes, exactly. Homer. So, let's move forward. San Francisco. Who struggles more with scoring points? Just look at that. Who struggles more with scoring points? Oh, my goodness. San Francisco actually does, and they're taking on, and they're traveling to Chicago. Now, (laughs) Sean Drone, you know, the former Cleveland Browner, the former Mm -hmm. Kansas City Chief, is Mm -hmm. um, pretty much been the stalwart the past couple weeks, uh, handling the Rock at least 20 times a game. Uh, for the San Francisco 49ers as uh-huh. Blaine Gabbert. You know, Blaine Gabbert hasn't been terrible, but he, nope, hasn't he, been hasn't. Good. he hasn't been good. And it's shown up in the last two games as Anquan Bolden has been seen on the sideline very frustrated and Jim Tom Sula <laughs> having to, uh, I guess, calm him down because of the lack of targets, because of the lack of vision of the quarterback. Blaine Gabbert is a very good offense quarterback because he goes to the check down every time. He does not push the ball down the field. Yes. He and um, Alex Smith, although Alex Smith did pretty well last week uh, going deep, saw him throw a beautiful touchdown pass to uh, Jeremy Macklin. But I'll get to that in a minute. Um, you have a bunch of of fantasy players here that probably won't get a lot of play. Martellus Bennett should be playing in this game. However, he's been losing a lot of snaps to Miller lately. 
Um, now, yes, he's injured, um, and he didn't play last week. But against his 49er defense, he might not get that much of a uh, uh, of a pickup. However, the fact that he's playing gives Jay Cutler another weapon to go with Alshon Jeffries. Eddie Royal is a non-factor. Uh, now, in the screen game, in the screen game, Matt Forte and Langford should do well. Another trend that I've noticed is that Langford has been split out as a wide receiver a lot for Chicago. That tells me that Wilson and and uh, all the other receivers other than Alshon are not doing the job. I know you want to try to get both players on the field at the same time, so being Forte and Langford, and this will be a great opportunity to do so and feature that package because the 49ers played good defense for the first half of a game. For whatever reason, in the second half, they wilt. That's evident of last weekend when they played Arizona. Um, everyone, including Jerry, thought it was going to be a cakewalk and thought that Carson was going to do extremely well. Carson had probably one of his worst uh, passing performance games of the year versus his defense. Jay Cutler, if he's not careful, he might be in the same boat. Uh, but it's in Chicago. It's in bad weather. So I see Sean Drone having to tote the rock over 25 times. Um, if that doesn't happen, San Fran's in trouble. They are in T-R-O-U-B-L-E. Um, however, with that being said, uh, I think they stand a chance of winning this game, but I'm going to pick Chicago. Fantasy-wise, don't look for Robbie Gold. Don't look for Phil Dawson um, because I think it's going to be snowing. Robbie Gold is, is the best kicker I've seen in inclement weather uh, for the you know the, the last couple years, the last 10 years or so. Um, no matter what the weather is, he's able to, to hit that rock and uh, get it through the upright. Um, other than that, there's not much fantasy value here as it once was because you can't count on any of the Chicago Bears. And Anquan Bolden and, and uh, Torrey Smith, probably not even valuable anymore. Uh, Selleck, the tight end for San Francisco, not even on the radar. I believe he's injured. Um I wouldn't even play the defense, even though Jay Cutler's probably going to turn over once or twice. But San Fran's defense, they're going to get beat down in the second half. And then, you know, all the yardage and all the points are going to start to hurt you fantasy-wise. But that's my analysis. JT, what do you have? Well, I have to tell you this, because I watched the game, and my wife is a San Francisco 49er fan, and we watched that game. And she echoed the same thing. In fact, she told, she said to me before I even said it, it looks like uh, um, the Arizona is not even playing. This looks like they're taking this for granted. And that's why I think they were having issues with the San Francisco 49ers for the simple fact is the way they were calling the plays that um, they uh, pretty much thought they, they had um, uh, San Francisco's 49ers game plan and that they would be able to win it without taking too many chances. Very conservative in the first half. 
and that's why it was close. Second half, Carson Palmer and, and, and Bruce Aaron decide to um, um, do a little bit, be a little bit more creative, and uh, they were able to prevail. And I think the problem with what you were talking about that it seems like San Francisco um, uh, fizzles out in the second half. I think it has to do with uh, second half adjustments. Uh, the op- opposition is better at doing second half adjustments versus San Francisco, and I think that's why um, the defense is not effect- as a- as effective as they would be in the first half. Anyway, uh, in Chicago, uh, I think Chicago's win this game, and, and I think it's going to be um, uh, pretty easy. Chicago is uh, fighting for their um, playoff uh, rel- relevancy um, and their pride, for one. And I'm not going to let a San Francisco team that's very limited in their offensive side of the ball to um, uh, take a win leaving Chicago. So I really like Chicago in this, and I like the, the, the few players in there I like. Um, tune in tomorrow. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, when I talk I about talk about the fantasy players that I really like. There's one guy in here that's a real sleeper, a real sleeper that I think is going to um, give you good points from a, a position that you really need it in. Um, so tune in 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Sunday morning, with the Master Plan, which is hosted by myself, a.k.a. the Master. And uh, uh, that's one of the, one of the uh, – Sleepers that I definitely have in this uh, weekend uh, that can help you uh, in this game. But All I like right. Chicago. Quick question for you, just out of the blue. Uh, mm-hmm. How did your appearance go on the event show? Never, I never appeared. I told you. I, I texted you. I never appeared on it. Oh, I didn't get that text, but okay. Was that because of you or just lack of communication or? Lack, well, because of me and lack of communication, because I really had forgotten about it, to tell you the truth. And uh, time, time-wise, it, it's inconvenient on a Monday, and I think he has a couple other shows, and I really haven't had to give it a thought. To tell you the truth, I really hadn't given it a thought. Uh, I was surprised, like I said in the text, that uh, uh, um, he had contacted me uh, yesterday by text. Which is which is surprising. It's surprising you asked me, um, have I talked to that individual? And I'm trying to think now: Are these guys talking to each other? Because it's no, a heck no. of a coincidence. <laughs> it's a heck of a coincidence that wow. you asked me about him, and he te- he had um, contacted me yesterday. I'm like, are they the same person? Are they still talking? Really? What's going on here, Jerry? <laughs> Jerry, you know I would yeah. never do that to you. You know I would never do that to you. Dude. I know that. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Because it was a okay. heck of a coincidence. You asked me about him, and and he just had texted me yesterday. I think he called me, but I, I was I've been he's super busy. I think he called me yesterday, and I couldn't answer the phone, and then then he texted me because he wanted to talk to me. So. Oh, okay. Well, maybe he still needs you. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of All people right, need well, me, man. <laughs> the knowledge, the knowledge is overflowing, brother. It's overflowing. You know I'm just, I'm, I'm just a wealth of knowledge. Willing to give it out. 
No, we're trying to get to Mama Taylor to see if we can get it from her. But uh, let's know, move on. <laughs> Just nothing but hate. Nothing but hate. That is not hate. I'm, I'm loving on your mom, dude. Uh, nothing but envy. Uh, I mean, there's nothing but envy. Whatever. Let's go to Cincinnati versus Cleveland. Speaking yeah, okay. of envy and hate, I guess there's a lot of hate for Manziel because Davis, a former Duke quarterback, is now going okay. to start for Cleveland. Now, Cleveland lost a heartbreaker uh, to uh, Baltimore last Monday night. That actually ended up being a very good game, even though um, – you know, it looked like a dog game to be on a Monday night um, with all the injuries and stuff. So Cleveland showed that they weren't going to give up that easily and uh, tried to take charge, missed the, gets the field goal blocked at the end of regulation, and uh, they lose. So they host the red-hot Cincinnati Bengals. Again, in this game, what you're looking at is a one-sided affair, in my opinion. But Cincinnati and the vulture-stealing Jeremy Hill um, come to Cleveland with probably a bunch of Brown fans that are ready to fire everybody in Cleveland, especially <laughs> if if Johnny Menzel doesn't get on the field. Um I honestly think you, you have nothing to lose. Yeah, you have nothing to lose with Johnny Menzel because all you can do is feature him. If he sucks, then you let him go and you let him try to get a contract with the Dallas Cowboys or whoever else wants him. If he does well, you trade him to the Cowboys or somebody else that wants him. So you feature him over the last, uh, what, four or five weeks and, and try to get something out of him. Um if you get wins, great. If you get losses, well, that's expected. I think Cincinnati's going to hand them yet another loss. When you look at how uh, the Bengals have come in, Tyler Eifert, he's going to have a monster game, or he should have a monster game because Cleveland can't cover anybody. Um, even though Carlos Dansby uh, has been all over the place this year, he can't cover Eifert. He can't cover uh, Geo and um, – Hill at the same time. He's only one man. Now, here's the deal. A.J. Green has found the end zone, I believe, two times in the past two weeks, uh, which is rather good. But as I said at the beginning of this year, he, to me, A.J. Green is nothing more than a number two or number three wide receiver because of his quarterback. You give him a better quarterback, I think he's possibly a high end two, low end one. Um, But at the same time, Cleveland is the city where they come from, so rhyme right. There is no offense in Brownville. Um, I believe Davis is probably going to have a couple turnovers, so I think this is a good opportunity. If you can and you need to, pick up Cincinnati's defense and play them. You'll get a a good score from that defense, in my opinion. Um, I don't know exactly what Cleveland has to offer Fantasy-wise, but, you know, Duke Johnson, no, not going to do it. Not going to do it. I really don't see much for Cleveland in this game. Cincinnati wins in a laugher. Play all of your Cincinnati uh, fantasy personnel, and uh, you'll be rewarded. What do you have, JT? 
Hello. Well, we lost JT. So I guess he's going to uh, call us back in a little bit. Um, Not sure what happened, but it's all good. Um, Let me move on to the next game. Uh, I don't want to have dead air here. So when JT calls back in, we'll, we'll go from there. Baltimore at Miami. Here's a well, there's Jerry right there. Let me bring him back in. He decided to do a direct connect because, of course, I do things correctly, unlike AKA Master. But uh, go ahead, JT. Tell me your thoughts on Cincinnati and Cleveland. There you go again. There you go again. You know, anyway, um, I, I, God, I've, Shows you how to do do the the right the right way to, to do the invitations. Anyway, some people whatever uh, some people um, accept the invitations and uh, join the show, and some people just uh, just just <laughs> blow, 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 up, blow friends off. But that's okay. Oh uh, no, I, no no! Are you, you serious? Know, no. And, uh, let me talk about Cleveland, and uh, uh, you need to just sit back and listen. Uh, Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, the Battle of Ohio uh, division um, um, matchup. Um, throw a- anything that you assumed out the window, just like in in, in Buffalo. Excuse me, in um, Cleveland and um, uh, Baltimore. Throw it out the window. This is the division rivalry that, like I said, it's for bragging rights within the state of Ohio. Uh, which is even more intense than battling um, Baltimore, uh, even though Cleveland and Baltimore are um, well, Cleveland. The new Cleveland team is a little uh, is the uh, Baltimore's old uh, Baltimore's the old Cleveland team. Anyway, um, Cincinnati and, and Cleveland. Uh, I think this is probably going to be another game, uh, AFC North type of matchup that's going to go down to the wire. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, Cleveland is going to. Um, um, let Cincinnati have their way completely, but I do think that Cincinnati wins the game. But I think it's going to be a tough, tough afternoon for Andy Dalton in here. I, I really believe um, there's a different um, vibe when you get division rival games, um, uh, and I think this is one of them, especially in the battle of the two Ohio teams, uh, and. And uh, there's a lot on the line for Cincinnati, but pride's on the line for Cleveland. And I think they battle Cincinnati hard, but go down to to Cincinnati in Cincinnati. All right. Next game on the docket is Miami and Baltimore. Well, Baltimore goes to Miami. Uh, Little, well, I'm not going to say it's little known, but fact of the matter is with Indominican to and this is a surprising stat to me. Miami has given up the third most fantasy points to the running back. That is that is very, very, very uh, interesting to me because Javarius Jenkins. Uh, is it Jenkins? I can't get his last name. Um, I'm not even thinking about it right now. Allen. Javarius Allen. Javarius Allen is uh, – he is going to, in my opinion, 
have a monster day. A monster wow. day. Um, again, even with Indominican Sue, this team has given up the third most fantasy points to a running back. Um, and that's surprising to me. Matt Schaub looked like Matt Schaub. He has the jury curse, won't let it go. Only thing is he's not hurt or missing like Jermichael Finley. Uh, but Matt Schaub with Amir Akam, uh, Kamar Akam, can't get his name. I'm not sure. I just know his last name's Akam for Baltimore. That's not a good mix right there. It's like trying to get the ball to your number four wide receiver as a number one. It's not going to work, so Baltimore's going to have to run the rock. And Allen is going to have a beast of a game. On the flip side, on the flip side, you've got uh, Ryan Tannenhill. What can I say about Ryan Tannenhill that I haven't already said? Oh, he sucks royally. I've said that before, but I'm just going to reiterate it. I don't think Ryan Tannehill can uh, actually beat this Baltimore Raven team. You still have C.J. Mosley. You still have um, Doomerville and all those guys. The front seven of Baltimore is solid. They're just not spectacular anymore because their offense is is terrible. Um, the secondary isn't that bad. And for that reason, I think Tannehill is going to struggle a lot. It's going to be a lot of Elvis Doomerville, a lot of um, Smith and, and Mosley in his face causing havoc. Um, now, Jarvis Landry, he's kind of cooled off since the beginning of the year, but he's still a viable threat. The one thing I can't seem to understand, what happened to Jordan Cameron? Why won't they get him the ball? He's a very talented and valuable asset at the tight end position. Um, are they not creating plays for him? They haven't played, I'm talking about Miami, they have not played a defense that is very stout against the tight end. And yet, they can't get the tight end the ball. Ryan Tannenhill, that's his problem. Um, for that reason, I think that you'll see a bunch of uh, Allen in this game for Baltimore and very little of Lamar Miller or uh, Ajay. If you do, it, it's going to be for negative yards. I don't think Lamar Miller is going to do much in this game. I didn't think he was going to do much this year. Um, he's been okay, but when you let a guy that's been on the pup list come in and steal carries from you and get featured as the number one A or one B running back after he's been out for six to eight weeks, that tells me the organization has no has no faith in you, and this organization needs to blow it up on the coaching side and get rid of Tannehill and bring somebody else in. And this is the year to do it. This is the year to do it. You have so many free agents coming out. Um, you have so much talent coming out of college. This is the time to, to really make some wholesale changes with the Miami Dolphins offense. Um, I can't even in good conscience pick them because I don't like the offense. But in my bad conscience, I'm going to pick Miami. Go ahead, JT. 
Ooh. Tough game to to um, pick here, man. They're playing in Miami, so I would probably lean to Miami, but um, Miami's 24th, 29th, and 25th, respectively, against uh, uh, a quarterback, running back, and wide receiver and preventing fantasy points. Baltimore, on the other hand, is 27th, 6th, and 30th and preventing fantasy points in the running back running uh, excuse me the quarterback running back and wide receiver position um they they excel in cutting down on fantasy points in the running back and tight end where they're they're in the top 10 uh whereas Miami is got issues across the board um just like he said uh, I mean Vic uh Buck Allen should run Buck Wild um I would expect uh the um, Miami Dolphins to, to do the same thing uh, and throwing the football. So you got one team that's going to be running the football and should be successful, and the other team being able to throw the football and be successful. Um, uh, so the reason I'm picking Miami and probably a close game because both these defenses are not that good, um, and I think Tannehill is a little bit better than Matt Schaub in quarterback position. With uh, better weapons, uh, and I like Miami. All right, let's go to a game that has playoff implications in it. Last week, uh, Seattle lost Jimmy Graham for the year. Uh, It's not as if they were using Jimmy Graham that much anyway, but the fact that he's gone, there will be a money issue. Will he stay in Seattle? on a team that does not feature him or his skills. That doesn't seem likely to me. But Luke Wilson, a guy that a lot of folks need to pick up off the waiver wire if he's still there, is the guy that will get the feature in this game and be the starting tight end for the rest of the season and playoffs. Now, we don't know which position Minnesota is going to be in. If they lose this game, that means they'll be tied with Green Bay with the miracle catch. Uh, but I believe they own the tiebreak over, over Green Bay. But the point is... No, it's the um, other way around. I thought Minnesota owed the tie. Okay, well, Green Bay owns the tiebreaker. Okay. So right now, right now, um, um, Green Bay owns owns the tiebreaker because uh, the, the first time they met, Green Bay beat Minnesota. So that's why, um, even though they're tied, Green Bay is the uh, division leader. Well, they're not tied yet, but uh, if no, 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 they they were tied last week, so they were tied last okay. week, and they would Green Bay was a division winner. So anytime it's a it's a tie until they meet again, I think which is at the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken, um, the last game of the season, uh, then uh, Green Bay has the upper hand. Well, here's the deal: Teddy Bridgewater, AP, Stefan Diggs has disappeared. He's going to go in. The- to Child Protective Services again as uh, Richard Sherman and that defense will swallow him whole. I do not expect anything from this wide receiving core. Um, Not even the tight end. I don't expect Kyle Rudolph to do much of anything. Seattle is trying to fight for a playoff spot, a wild card position, and maybe even their division. It's going to be kind of tough to unseed or unseat Arizona right now, especially when they're so hot, but they did lose two running backs. So they're down to the number three and number four running backs, which is interesting. Um, But 
Nevertheless, Minnesota's hosting the game. It's on turf. You don't have the dome. It's going to be outside. It's going to be frozen. Uh, Rawls for Seattle is going to get the ball a ton in this game. Maybe even a sprinkle of Fred Jackson. Um, But last week, the hero of the game was Doug Baldwin. After he complained a little bit, he also got, uh, what, two or three touchdowns to help put Seattle up and over the hump versus uh, Pittsburgh. But this isn't Pittsburgh, okay? It's not. Minnesota, they have a problem stretching the ball deep, and that's uncharacteristic of a North Turner offense. You know, uh, the tight end is also featured mostly, but when you have a, a fresh AP who's leading the league in rushing again, um, who looks to get the title of that again, um, it's kind of tough to pick against Minnesota. However, I am. I'm going to pick Seattle to go into Minnesota with an upset. Uh, Russell Wilson might not have that big of a game because the secondary of uh, of Minnesota is pretty strong. Their front seven is definitely strong versus the run. So I don't know, but I'm going to definitely go against um, – I'm going to go against Minnesota and pick Seattle. JT. They're on the road. Um, I'll give you one nugget here, people. If you have Kyle Rudolph, or Kyle, for some reason Kyle Rudolph is sitting on your waiver wire and you're hurting for a tight end, pick up Kyle Rudolph. One of the one of the weakest defensive positions that Seattle has is against the um, – um, the uh, tight, end. tight end against the tight end. They are 29th in defending uh, fantasy points against the um, tight end position. So, and Luke, uh, excuse me, Kyle Rudolph has been hot of late. So I expect that uh, uh, a one position that Teddy Bridgewater, who's a young quarterback, and I've always said this young quarterbacks, BFF is the tight end position, and Kyle Rudolph has been hot. Um, last week he caught seven passes for 53 yards. Um, when he played the Packers, he caught six passes for 106 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's finally healthy, which he said he's finally healthy, and he's getting a lot of uh, targets and, and, and opportunities. And against this defense, one thing you can do is pass uh, in, in a, um, uh, the tight end position against uh, Seattle. So they're going to use Kyle Rudolph, I would imagine, early and often because Seattle's top 10 in preventing fantasy port points in quarterback, running back, and the wide receiver position. The only weakness, like I said, is a tight end position. So I, I imagine Teddy Bridgewater is going to try to concentrate on uh, getting the ball in the, in the passing game to Kyle Rudolph. Um, I still pick Minnesota in this game. Um Russell Wilson had the best game of his career last week uh, against a defense that, for some reason, had brain lock in the uh, back end of it uh, and allowed Doug Baldwin and the company to run free. Uh, I don't expect Minnesota, who's got better DBs, to do that. And Minnesota's playing home. Um, I expect uh, Minnesota to come out with a very close win in this game. Upset All right. Or, I know a lot of people are probably picking Seattle. 
I'm calling for an upset alert here in Minnesota. Okay. Let's go to another game where it's the Battle of New York. Your JTS just as that versus the New York Football Giants, who, by the way, came into FedEx Field last week and laid a stinker. <laughs> who would have thought that? Which was good for my team. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it was good for my team. But I think the Jets are hitting on all cylinders right now. Fitzpatrick is uh, finding the way to get the ball to all of the right people. The running game's okay. The defense is, you know, it's it's the defense. I think the Giants are in really, really big, big trouble in this game, honestly. I think uh, they're in danger of being shut out. Um, I know they have ODB and they have, you know, Ruben Randall and stuff like that, but I don't think they're ready for, for a first-year um, head coach, Todd Bowles. Revis might not play because of the concussion. Not playing. Still got, okay, he's out. But you still got Antonio uh, Cromartie out there. That secondary and that front seven. I got to pick Detroit in this game. I just don't see how Detroit? the Giants can you said win. Detroit. Not Detroit. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. I'm sorry. I got to pick the Jets in this game um, because I don't see how the Giants can win. I mean, they share the same home field. It's just going to be either a pro Giants crowd or a pro Jets crowd. Either way, but uh, I think the Jets just win this game. Go ahead, JT. Giants are the home team. Giants thirty uh, first, twenty fourth, eighteen, and thirty first. One of the worst defenses in the league in preventing fantasy points in the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position. What's that telling you? What's that telling you when you go up against a team like the Jets? And this is not because I used to be a Jet fan. Going by statistics only here, um, are 17th, 4th, 24th, and 2nd in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position. The Giants are def- definitely in, in trouble. Uh, surprisingly, the Washington Redskins have a huge opportunity to win this division uh, almost by default because um, all these teams are. <laughs> Uh, it's got to be one of the worst divisions going. Uh, early on, it said the uh, was the uh, AFC South. I gotta believe the NFC East is the worst division in football. I don't think any of these teams. Not, in fact, I know they aren't. Are over 500 at 500 or better. Um, and the Washington Redskins surprisingly leading this t- division. The, the and, and and there's a strong shot that the Giants in losing this can go two games behind. If Washington wins this week, um, unbelievable. That's all I can say, but I like the Jets in this. Well, I'll tell you what, JT, I'm not feeling too good, and I want to apologize. Um, I've got to go to the men's room, and uh, I think I'm going to need you to take over for me. Okay. Okay. What game? Okay, no problem. I can do that. No problem. All right, so you got like half the schedule left. Um, you have control of the board, right? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, just uh, since you have direct connect, just go ahead and um, take control of the board as well, because this doesn't seem like it's going to be uh, quick, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be 
quiet either. All right. All right, let, buddy. Me, let me let me just go go in there. Okay, I'll, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Thank you, bro. Um, yep. And I'll make sure to wipe just for you. You there? Hello. Hello. JT, are you there? JT's not here yet. Um, I'm going to try to hold on for the next few minutes and uh, bring him in. Uh, we've got Arizona going to Seattle, uh, St. Louis as the next game. So Arizona is um, coming off a game where they, they won and beat the 49ers, but they did not beat the 49ers in the fashion they should have beaten them. St. Louis looks like they've quit or laid down, and um, it's not looking pretty whatsoever for uh, – Jeff Fisher, Todd Gurley has a tough task going against this Saint, uh, this uh, Arizona Cardinal team, the defense. But on the same token, Arizona has lost its two running backs as in um, Ellington as well as Chris Johnson. They're down to two other uh, running backs, uh, both of which were there before Stephon Taylor. And uh, Johnson, the rookie, David Johnson, or Daryl Johnson, I apologize. And uh, he is going to be your starting running back. What does that mean for Carson Palmer? That means Carson is going to have to take a lot of the load right now because the running back position is uh, in limbo. Larry Fitzgerald should have a better opportunity, especially in this game, along with um, a couple of other players with uh, uh I'm not going to say JJ. JJ is not that number 3 receiver right now. Um Brown looks like he's a, a solid number 2. Now, Michael Floyd. I don't know what's going on with Michael Floyd. He's in and out, he's injury prone. He's not catching a ball, he's catching a ball. I don't know. And I guess JT's here, but I can't see him because uh, he likes to play my music when he's here. I guess I got to refresh my window or something. Uh, but JT is supposedly here, and I don't see him. But uh, hmm. with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to let JT try it one more time before I decide to jump off of here and take care of what I got to take care of before it takes care of me. Um, Arizona is going to win this game. I play all of their fantasy players. Even play Johnson. If I'm in a pinch, if I'm in a pinch, I'd pick up Johnson and hopefully he would uh, show up for me against the St. Louis defense that seemingly is giving up uh, a lot of yards offensively. I mean, uh, at wide receiver and the running back position. Um, I don't think you have much to, to gain by playing anybody in St. Louis. I know Todd Gurley is going to be a beast next year and all that other stuff, but it's tough right now for him. It is tough right now for him. Um, and I know JT just chimed in, so I'm going to bring him on, let him do the show. And I got to bid you guys a fond farewell. And uh, hopefully, hopefully things go um, 
well for you. Can you hear me, JT? I can hear you. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. Control of the board. I have control of the board right now. Um, I don't know if you disconnect what happens, but uh, do what you got to do. Well, all right, bro. Um, you should be good to go. If you have control of the board, all you got to do is, uh, if it says in episode, say no and continue. But I got okay. to go because this is uh, not making me feel good. No, all right, no. I'm out. Shut Let's up, see. dude. Shut Take it care, up. man. All right. Take care. Take all care. Right. Bye. All right, people. You got the, you got the master here. Uh, taking control of this show. Uh, we're going to break it down as best we can. Uh, as we know we covered uh, Green Bay and Detroit already. I know we uh, uh, took care of Baltimore and Miami, Cincinnati and Cleveland. We took care of Houston and Buffalo. Uh, we also took care of the New York Giants and, and the um, New York Jets. We took care of San Francisco and Chicago and Seattle and Minnesota. So let's talk about this. Let's go to Philadelphia the hapless Philadelphia Eagles against the New England Patriots. And really, really, do we really want to talk about this? Yes, we really want to talk about this for the simple fact is that um, Philly needs to get a positive uh, 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 flow going, and it's not going to happen with the injury uh, riddled New England Patriots. You still have Tom Brady. You still have um, some weapons, even though it's limited on the New England side of the ball. But uh, I do believe that uh, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to go down again. They're four and seven. I think they're going to be four and eight. Uh, they're on a three-game losing streak and losing by twenty-five plus points to teams with losing records lately. Patriots just both lost their both. Excuse me. The Patriots just lost both their first game and Ron Gronkowski for a week or two. They will not be in a in a good humor this week at home, and I can guarantee you they're going to be pissed off. They lost their first game of the year. They lost their one of their best players for the next few weeks, and uh, uh, it's going to be Philly who's going to suffer at the uh, hands of the Patriots in Gillette Stadium. Uh, I'd have to pick the Patriots. I think it's a no-brainer. I think the line is about 9.5 to 10. I'm not a line uh, covering guy. All I know is I'm picking winners here. Tomorrow I am picking fantasy players. There are some fantasy players that are relevant, especially when you, for most people, they're dealing with uh, a win or go in. Uh, win or go home, I should say, uh, for the fantasy playoffs. I like New England. That's all I can say. Uh, this is probably going to be a no-brainer type of game. This is probably going to be what uh, a lot of people in the NFL circles call a get-right game. Uh, after a loss that New England is going to be pissed off, so they're going to get right, get themselves right, um, and probably have some new pieces that are going to be uh, relevant going forward from the New England Patriots. Uh, so I'm, I'm saying that uh, uh, um, Scott Chandler is a absolutely uh, play here for me. Um, New England is uh, in the top 15 in defending quarterback and running back points in fantasy. 
in the top five in doing that against the tight end at number four. And in, in 22nd, their weakness is allowing points in the uh, wide receiver position. So what's Philly got to do? Uh, what's Philly want to do? They really Philly wants to really run the football. Philly wants to really run the football. Uh, and um, they're going to have a, a – a mediocre shot at that. Probably the best shot they're going to have is running, uh, uh, throwing in football. Um, on the other side, Philly is uh, 30th and 32nd in defending quarterback fantasy points and wide receiver points in fantasy. They do a little bit better. The middle of the pack, 15th in preventing fantasy points in the uh, against the running back, and top five, the number three in preventing fantasy points against the tight end position. They they defend the tight end position very well. Um, but I think that uh, um, the Patriots are going to be throwing the football a lot early and often against that one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Um, and Chip Kelly, uh, once they run the score up uh, against the Chip, Chip Kelly-led um, defense, that they're going to – have to go away from what they what they really want to do is run the football and and then pass as a second option. Um, good luck. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. So what we're going to do? We're going to move on to the next game that uh, uh, is on the agenda. How about the KC and Oakland matchup? KC Kansas City Chiefs against the Oakland Raiders. A storied matchup. AFL teams if you don't know what the AFL you for you younger people AFL the American Football League was uh in competition with the NFL um back in the day do a google and uh, type in AFL uh the Kansas City Chiefs and the Oakland Raiders were founding teams in the AFL now they're and storied rivals in the AFL now they're storied competitors in the AFC and the AFC West and that hated rivalry has not gone away uh, KC is on a what a five game winning streak if I'm not mistaken Oakland has uh, trying to, to um, uh, hold their own uh, um, I'm sorry the Chiefs are six and five the Oakland Raiders are five and six Okay, so each one of these teams are playing for their fantasy life. And like I said, Kansas City has gotten the better of it because they're on a five-game winning streak in, a, in, in the thick of a wild-card race. Uh, the Raiders are only two and three at home, and they're playing at home here. Kansas City Chiefs are um, uh, um, visitors. The Chiefs have won each of their five games by no less than eight points each and on average by just under 20 points. So they've been uh, handling – their opponents the last five games. Chow Kendrick West is going to play this week and had full practices. Uh, supposedly he will share the um, rock with uh, Spencer Ware, who played well in, in absence of uh, Kendrick West. Um, the Chiefs are 25, excuse me, 25th. Uh, the Oakland Raiders, I'm sorry. The Oakland Raiders are 25th, 23rd, 12th, and 30th in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position. And their weaknesses also, and this is key because it may come down to a field goal, 
And the field goal kicker in Kansas City, who's Cairo Santos, um, the Raiders are 32nd in preventing fantasy points against the wire, um, the kicking position. So that can be important, too. We got a caller sitting on the line here. Let me bring this caller in and see uh, what we can um, – looks like it's a Skype call. So we'll see what happens here with this Skype call. Caller from, uh, I guess, from Skype, uh, welcome to the uh, FSP show. State your name and uh, ask me a question. Hey, my name is Johnny, first-time caller. What's up, um, man? I, I, I got an issue. Um, I, I've been playing Brady, um, but my backup is Luck. I'm, I'm wondering what, if anything, should I should I change anything in my lineup coming up this next these next couple of weeks just because it's, it's winded down to the end of the season, you know? Okay, so uh, what what is it that you think about changing? Um, talk to me. Um, well, I'm having trouble just because I I ever since Brady, I mean, dropped the ball pretty much this, this past week. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to play my uh, play him or if I should put Luck in or even, even Luck. Uh, well. Well, wait a minute, man. Luck, luck is not playing, man. Luck, luck is uh, sidelined. He's got issues. He's got health issues, and Matt, Matt Hasselbeck is playing in place of Luck. So that's a no-brainer in the quarterback position. You, you play Tom Brady if you don't have any, uh, and I don't think you should, especially against Philly, who who's absolutely horrible against the pass, uh, and yeah. coming in to visit the uh, um, New England Patriots. I think Tom Brady is is, is uh, just going to go buck wild against Philly. So I, I don't think you have any other choice, or it, you shouldn't have any other choice but to put in Tom Brady and, and uh, go, roll with that. Is there any other roster questions you got, or is it just Tom Brady? Tom Brady is much. I was just more concerned with the whole if the Patriots are even gonna gonna be able. I mean, the Eagles, their defense hasn't been good, and, and they, their offense has been kind of off, but. Um, the, I still feel they can still put points on the scoreboard, and that's what that's what makes me nervous. Well, um, I don't think they're going to put many points against the New England Patriots because I think the Patriots realize their defense may have to step up uh, because of as many pieces that they're missing from the offense. But I still think Tom Brady uh, is still going to do his thing. He's been a pretty reliable um, fantasy quarterback week in and week out. Uh, I don't think you should have to worry about uh, what Tom Brady's going to do, especially against the pass defense of um, Philly. Uh, you got anything yeah, else yeah. for me? Is, is that it? Um, well, last last question. My bad. Kickers. Now I'm looking okay. to trade. I'm looking to trade quick because um, it's, it's to get this thing like that. Who 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 do you think is is somebody I can really Really, it's a no-brainer because I got a few few options I'm looking to deal. Um, Give me your options. But um, well, I want to deal Welker. That's for sure. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wells Welker is playing for the St. Louis Rams, and he's really irrelevant. Irre- so, you got anything else for me? Because I, you, you, you're. Uh, I, I don't know where you're coming from here, man. You're you're, you're really uh, reaching here, and uh, we may have to end this call pretty soon. Well, no, no, no. it's just well, there. The, I I would be trading Welker. I need a better kicker. 
Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You need a better kicker. There's a lot of kickers sitting out there. Cairo Santos is a very good kicker. Robbie Gold That's is what another. I was thinking good... of. Santos. Robbie... That's Santos. What I was thinking of. Cairo Santos, man. He, Kansas City has a very favorable schedule. Uh, they, they're moving the football. They're on a hot streak. Uh, he's a very reliable kicker. I, I would definitely remen- uh, uh, recommend you to Cairo Santos. Uh, Chandler Canazero, he may be sitting out there. What you're looking for now in, in fantasy, especially when you're getting close to the playoffs, is uh, 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 kickers that on offenses that move the football uh, and can score some points. Um, even if the, the um, offenses don't get into the end zone, uh, they'll be able to move the points and get close enough for you to be able to uh, utilize a, a dependable kicker. So any any kickers that are in a, in a high-powered or, or very reliable offense, uh, I would recommend. I would recommend uh, um, Guskowski, but he's probably gone. I would recommend Chandler Canazero from the Cardinals, uh, Cairo Santos, uh, Josh Lambeau. I think he's playing for the um, uh, Steelers. Uh, Chris Boswell, I think, is for the Steelers. Um, any any offense that moves the ball, even Matt Prater, I know he played this past week, but um, hot hot teams or teams that are moving the football, this is what you want in fantasy. Kickers are people too, and you want yep. kickers that are reliable in offenses that can move the football. And like I said, even though they don't get into the end zone, yeah, they'd be able to move the football close enough for a kicker to, to kick a field goal, whether it's a 50-yarder, 40-yarder, 30-yarder. They'll be able to, to move move the offense and, and be effective in the kicking game. So look for teams that are are, are offensive-minded, for one, or teams that move the football and are able to get the uh, um, fantasy points for your kickers. So there's a lot of teams out there that are, are like that. They may, They don't necessarily have to be division leaders, but they have to be teams that are, um, can move the football. And, and uh, there's a lot of them out there. I gave you a few um, yep. that uh, like uh, and that are re- very reliable kickers, and uh, you, you just got to make a choice. Yeah, I was thinking – I was looking at, like, either Barry Sanders or John Elway, but they're both long gone. All right, man. Uh, it's been nice talking to you. Hopefully that you, you uh, um, are able to get – to um, the fantasy playoffs and, and enjoy the games this weekend. Well, I'm See already out. <clears throat> All right, people. Um, I was waiting for something else, but I, I got something, a clue in that uh, he he uh, definitely um, uh, was trying to pull pull my chain a little bit. That's okay, you know. I'll let you go on for a little bit, but when you start doing things like that, the, the, the last caller, uh, I have to uh, end the conversation real quick because uh, John Elway hasn't played in years. Barry Sanders definitely hasn't played in years. I kind of knew that when he was talking about trading Wes Walker for a kicker that it was a, it was a, I wouldn't say a bogus call, but it was a call that I had to be suspect about. If you're going to go that route, I'm going to cut you. I'll say that right now. If you're going to go that route, I'll cut you. Um, with no um, uh, um, ill will towards you, I just uh, don't need to. I got more. I got more um, um, important things to deal with. I'm trying to get all through all these games. We got about 17 minutes left. I'm trying to get 
get all through all these games. So let's go continue back to Kansas City and uh, uh, Oakland. Uh, I, I like uh, Kansas City in this game. I know they're playing in Oakland, but Kansas City's been hot. They'll be able to run the ball on this uh, Oakland defense, like I said, who's 25th, 23rd, and 30th in preventing fantasy points, and 32nd. That's what that's what key this. 32nd in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback, running back, uh, tight end, and uh, um, kicking. Well, this rides right into the wheelhouse of Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Oakland is 12th They're in the top 15 in uh, top 15 in preventing fantasy points against the uh, wide receiver position. But Kansas City mo is to run the football first, and uh, Alex Smith is I wouldn't say check down king, but he's very very conservative throwing quarterback. That's why his his uh, turnovers are are, are minimal. Um, Traffic. Uh, so I would think he's going to be going to the running back, whether it's Kendrick West or, or um, Spencer Ware, into the tight end position, um, and uh, be able to move the football. And like I said, I like Carlos Santos in here. I think he's going to be effective because they're going to be able to move the football, even if they don't get into the end zone. They're going to be able to get some points on the board through their kicking game. I think that the um, Oakland Raiders are going to be able to do what they do best, throw the football. Derek Carr, throwing the football to Amari Cooper and to um, uh, Josh Roberts, excuse me, Seth Roberts and Michael Crabtree. That's what they do best. That's the weakness of the Oakland defense. So I think what these two teams – you should see some nice points being spread up on, in two different ways, through the running game with Kansas City, through the passing game through Oakland. And I like that uh, combination. All right, let's move on to the uh, next matchup, which will be Jacksonville and Tennessee, um, two AFC South teams, two teams that uh, um, possibly going in two different directions, Titans 2-9, and nine. Jacksonville's four and seven, not too far off the pace in the AFC South. Division leaders are the Indianapolis Colts and the um, Houston Texans at six and five. Um, the Jaguars are only one and four on the road, uh, but the Titans are on a three-game losing streak and haven't won at home at all. Zero oh and six so far. Zero oh and six. So who's going to win this game? Well, I think the better team with the better record is. I like Jacksonville in this because uh, uh, I think they have better weapons. Uh, a quarterback with, uh, um, I wouldn't say a plethora, but a talented wide receiver and tight end um, and running backs. Uh, I think that they'll be able to do a little bit of both here, uh, even though Tennessee is better in top and they're in the top five in in, in um, preventing fantasy points against the uh, um, running back position. Tennessee surprisingly, 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 is not as bad a defense as most people think. Um, and this is the division rival, so you know they're going to end up playing at home, even though they haven't won at home. They're going to be a little bit tougher to um, move the ball meaning Jacksonville, against Tennessee. It'd be a little bit tougher to be able to move the ball against a division rival whose defense is really not that bad. 
Um, but their offensive weapons are limited. Kendall Wright, Delaney Walker, a suspect running game uh, in Anthony Andrews and uh, and David Cobb, uh, the rookie, is uh, um, probably going to be get more incorporated uh, into the um, to the offense. Uh, he's probably their most talented running back, but he's way behind the curve. Um, he ha- hadn't played or wasn't eligible to play until we- after week eight. Uh, came in un- uh, overweight, um, had a- had a few carries last week. Um, none of them- none of them for positive yardage. Uh, probably needs more work, for- according to the head coach. But uh, um, see him being used more, and, and uh, possibly a late season surge in him. Um, I know this is late. This is 13, but I'm thinking 15, 16 probably uh, is where you're probably going to see David Cobb get the most work, if it, if at all, at all. But I do like the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this game. I think um, they have the most talent. Like I said, uh, the defense is really not that bad, um, especially against a team that's got limited offensive weapons. I know the 24th in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback, 26th in doing that against the uh, 20th and in, in, in against the running back, 14th against the wide receiver, uh, and 26th in, uh, against the tight end and, and, and the kicker. So what, what, what I'm saying here, Jacksonville's defense is, is suspect, but that offsets the, um, the ability of Tennessee's offense to be able to move the football and score more points than Jacksonville and come out with a win here. So I like Jacksonville to win this game, but it's going to be close because both teams' offense and defense offset each other. But it's going to be a close game. All right, let's move to the Indianapolis and Pittsburgh games, which should be a game full of points, in my opinion. They're playing in Pittsburgh. Uh, which is going to be cold. Uh, Heath Miller had limited practice on Friday um, uh, dealing with rib rib decisions. Uh, It may be a game-time decision if he can play. Quite naturally, people know that Indianapolis is using their 40-year-old quarterback and Matt Hasselbeck. Um, It's going to be um, conditions, uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, going to be cooler conditions they're not playing in the, in the uh, friendly confines of um the stadium in indianapolis which is a dome um pittsburgh is one of the worst teams in preventing fantasy points uh, in the quarterback which is 29th wide receiver 29th and tight end which is 28th so in the passing game in general, and if you watched last week when Pittsburgh went to Seattle and played Seattle, it was evidence that the passing defense of Pittsburgh uh, is not a very good defense. And I would suspect, even though that uh, um, Frank Gore is a decent running back, Pittsburgh is number one in preventing points in the fantasy part of that in um against the running back. So they may, in my opinion, the way that the Indianapolis Colts are going to have to move the football is through the air. Matt Hasselbeck is going to be 
pressured early and often to get the ball to Dante Moncrief, uh, T.Y. Hilton, who I think both of those guys can be very effective in his game, um, and, and including the um, Kobe Fleener or Dwayne Allen. That's a mismatch of whoever is hot at the time, whoever Matt House Hasselback likes. Um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I, I really do because I think both teams are going to have to air the ball out uh, to, to, to move the ball. I, I, I really believe that. I know India's defense is is uh, um, a lot weaker against the running back position, quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end. Um, so I'm thinking that um, they're, they're in the lower lower tier in preventing points uh, in, in fantasy. I'm talking about Indianapolis and, and Big Ben supposedly passed all the tests in, in concussion protocol, has been practicing, and I, I, I expect a um, plethora, a huge amount of points in this game. Uh, and But I have to pick uh, the home team in this, and I think they'll prevail. I like Pittsburgh to win the game. Um, and for the Indianapolis Colts to go to six and six, the uh, Steelers to go to seven and five. Um, both of these guys, excuse me, both of these teams, one's trying to maintain the division lead, the other trying to maintain their wild card status, need to win badly. Pittsburgh needs to win this to stay viable in the wild card, and uh, Colts need to win this to be able to say they're, they're, they're still leading the, the AFC South division. So, Desperate times call for desperate measures, and I think the more desperate would be the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. That's why I'm saying they're going to win this game. All right, let's move on to the next game on it. Uh, Let's go to Carolina and um, New Orleans. What has happened to the New Orleans offense? Um, What has happened to the Carolina Panthers? The only undefeated team in the NFL right now, the Carolina Panthers have a extremely good defense. Uh, Drew Brees is never not not is not excuse me. Drew Brees is not a lock to uh, put up the type of production he's put up in the past. New Orleans is thirty second, thirty first, twenty first, and thirty second uh, in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position. So what I'm telling you is this. Carolina is top 15, top 15, and in some positions top 10 in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end position, and even against the kicker. I'm saying that the even though it's being played in um, Louisiana, even though it's played in the home of the New Orleans Saints, I don't give a snowball's chance in you know where for the uh, Carolina Panthers to get uh, go down in a defeat against the New Orleans Saints. So I'm saying the New Orleans Saints are going to lose again, um, and. Be four and eight versus four and seven right now. 
They're on a three-game losing streak, are th- three and two at home, but after this weekend, they'll be three and three. Uh, the Saints are headed in totally different direction than the uh, Carolina Panthers, and uh, I can see no no difference happening here. All right, let's go to the game here. It's Denver at San Diego, two division rivals, two AFC type of AFL division rivals. I talked about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Oakland Raiders being the AFL um, back in the day, um, pioneers. Well, these are two more pioneers that uh, were back in the AFL. The other uh, um, two teams that were in the AFL and now the AFC West division, Denver Broncos and the San Diego Chargers, two teams heading in two different directions like I talked before. They're just being played in San Diego, Denver coming off a huge win, beating the undefeated New England Patriots. Are we going to have a hangover from last week? Got a young quarterback in Brock Osweiler. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think the uh, uh, Chargers, who are uh, who just ended their six-game losing streak uh, against the Jaguars, but they're playing a totally different team, caliber team, I should say, in um, the Denver Broncos, who boasts the top defense, one of the top defenses in the league, and who also um, have found themselves back in the offense. Uh, I don't think Phillip Rivers and company are going to be able to do too much in this game. Um, I think that the uh, they're going to be highly frustrated with the type of uh, defense that the Denver Broncos are going to throw at the Chargers and also the type of offense led by Brock Osweiler um, that they're going to throw against the um, San Diego Chargers. The weaknesses of the, the weakness of the San Diego Chargers is uh, uh, defending against the running back and the uh, uh, tight end position. And, and I see uh, C.J. Anderson and uh, Ronnie Hillman running wild in here, and Brock Osweiler having a decent um, passing game, passing game in here, uh, throwing to his uh, um, um, wide receivers and including his tight end. Uh, and uh, that the Denver comes away with a uh, nice, comfortable win here, and, and uh, um, moves on to ten and two, and the pro- and the Chargers go down to defeat in, in uh, three and nine. Um, all right, let's move on to the next couple of games I have here. I got uh, three games I think I got left: Atlanta against Tampa Bay, Arizona at St. Louis, and last but not least is Dallas at Washington. So let's go to Arizona and St. Louis. I've talked this guy up multiple times. Um, I think he he had his worst game of the season uh, last week against the uh, division rival San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. And I think that was a product of um, overconfidence and taking uh, uh, a team for granted. And they had a scramble to uh, win that game. I don't think that's going to happen here against this division rival on the road again uh, uh, in St. Louis. Uh, the Cardinals are not nine and two on a five-game winning streak, while the Rams are four and seven on a four-game losing streak. I think there's too many weapons on the Cardinals to lose this game versus a a limited amount of <clears throat> excuse me a limited amount of op- offense 
that the uh, St. Louis Rams can generate. I understand that St. Louis Rams have a uh, um, a very good defense. Um, they're very good at defending the quarterback and wide receiver position, middle of the road in defending the running back and the tight end position. Um, but I still think Carson Palmer has a uh, pretty much matchup proof uh, when the play calling and the attitude of the team is determined. And I think they're going to be determined to put in a good show versus what they did last week. And I like the St. Louis Rams to go down to defeat against the Arizona Cardinals. We have two more games. One is in um, Southern Florida. And I'm talking about the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, We're going to be going to go into overtime and then uh, we're going to finish the game. It's off. We're going to get them all in, but I want you to tune in tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master, and that's going to be the master plan. We're going to go into week 13, and like I always do, I do every matchup. I'm talking about every team, every fantasy relevant player, I think, going to be in those matchups, and also some sleepers that you can pick up. That's 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every Sunday, and it's going to be – Week 13, fantasy, you need your playoffs. 